0: was encouraged by it. Humanly speaking, it was kind of crazy for us to to venture out as a small church and end up building a building that probably costs a million dollars or so. It's amazing. And I was encouraged to say, hey, well, not only to get a building, we got a parking lot, a parking lot over here and some carpet and chairs. And I mean, the Lord was good to us for sure. It's amazing to me when God's people unite together in faith. What God can do. It seems like there's nothing God can do when his people unite together and work together by faith. By the way, now we have a challenge. God didn't just build the building for us to just look at. God wants us to fill it. And uh, as his church, we have a challenge to unite together by faith and to believe God when it comes to the building of his church and the filling of the building. And when it comes to really seeing people saved, people need the Lord everywhere I go. I see individuals, I see many, many people, and sometimes... How many of you are people watchers? We got any people watchers? A couple of us. I'm kind of a people watcher myself. And sometimes it can be overwhelming the masses of people as you think, where are they going to spend eternity? May God give us his heart for people and his heart to see him do great things in 2023. Now, last week we looked at one verse... In Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 29, this verse had to do with the children of Israel believing God together to walk through the Red Sea, verse 29, as by dry land. Verse number 30 obviously follows verse 29, but it carries with it the same theme. We have a group of individuals, not just one individual, but a group of individuals, the children of Israel, God's people that are going to believe God again, and they're going to see God do a great work. Verse number 30 of Hebrews chapter number 11, the Bible says this, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. God puts this story in the hall of faith because a group of individuals, his people, believed him for walls that needed to come down. Now I'm convinced that all of us have walls in our own lives. You say, what do you mean? We all are looking at things that are impossible, humanly speaking. This building was impossible, humanly speaking. God did it. God delivered. Hey, the Red Sea was impossible, humanly speaking. The walls of Jericho, God's people were faced with a nation now, Jericho, that had walls around it, and they were to conquer the city of Jericho and its people. That took faith. And I want to preach a message this morning that I have entitled, Break the wall down. Break the wall down. Actually, it's really break down the wall, but you can do either one. (laughs) And I want to give you three keys that I find in the story found in Joshua chapter number 6 that I find when it comes to this matter of seeing walls come down. As individuals in our lives, we all have walls. Sometimes people have challenges and Sometimes we have besetting sins. Sometimes we find ourselves doing things over and over again that we don't want to do. The Apostle Paul spoke of this in Romans chapter number 7. Sometimes we find ourselves knowing we need to witness to somebody or knowing we need to take a stand at work or, or uh, whatever it might be of financial needs and we think this is really bigger than I am. As a church, we have a responsibility to light the light and the bright in the corner where we're at. We think about Chester Springs, and we think about the uh, the smallness of Victory Baptist Church. By the way, Brother Willett tells me that our church is an average sized church when you compare with all the churches across the United States of America. But when we think about our group making a real impact. When we think about the aspect of the Great Commission and what God gave us to do, sometimes it can be overwhelming. But I'm convinced that as God's people, if we will believe God, there is nothing that God cannot do. And as a church, just like the children of Israel of old had to believe God for the walls, we have to believe God for what God wants to do. Hey, we look at our society and we see resistance. Have you had anybody? of you have somebody knock on your door this week and say, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) You see, we get out there and we try to pass out tracts. We try to communicate. Sometimes there's resistance, and sometimes we find ourselves thinking, wow, this is overwhelming. God is able. And I want to encourage us this morning, no matter what we face on an individual basis, and what we face as a challenge as a church, God is able If we will unite together and believe God. I want to have a word of prayer and then I'm going to take you. We're in Joshua chapter number six now. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer and I want to give you three keys to seeing the walls come down. Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, I thank you for these stories in your word. Lord, stories that we've heard many of us over and over and over again. But I'm thankful, Lord, for the old story. I'm thankful, Lord, for the reminders over and again of concerning your greatness and your ability. Lord, I thank you for the challenge to believe you for great things. Lord, you know each one here. You know the individual needs. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that does not know for sure they're on their way to heaven, would today be that day? Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we love you. Thank you that there is nothing too hard for you, dear God. Lord, I pray you'd meet with us. Lord, I need you. Without you, I am nothing. Use me, Lord, as your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see, first of all, walls come down when we believe God's message. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 1, the Bible says this, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua see i have given into thine hand Jericho Now Jericho was a pretty powerful city well, the walls of Jericho according to one commentator were quite formidable some believe because of archaeological findings that Jericho's walls were a double wall We do not know from scripture we do know from scripture the wall was strong enough to have houses built on it Scripture says that Rahab's house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. So the walls of Jericho were no flimsy walls of of a foot or less thickness like many walls we see today. They were substantial walls of great thickness, enabling people to have houses on them. As strong as the wall was, it did not protect them, and we'll see in just a little bit, because God knocked down the walls. Joshua believed God. God said to Joshua, see, I have given this city. There was no indication humanly that God had given him the city. The city was still there in all of its might and fortitude, but Joshua believed the message of God. He believed the word of God. If you go back a few verses to Joshua chapter 5 and look at verse number 13, you will see that Joshua had a relationship with, With God, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, Joshua 5, in verse number 13, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the Lord's host. As captain of the Lord's host. What do we see here? We see God. God at work. He says, I am come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standeth is holy. And Joshua did. Joshua had to believe the word of God. We don't see Joshua interacting and saying, well, those walls are kind of big over there. <laughs> well, no one has ever penetrated this city yet. You see, God sees not just the walls, but God sees beyond the walls. Sometimes all we see is the wall. Sometimes all we see is the magnitude of the wall before us. I remember as a little kid, we used to play in the basement, and and uh, my dad one time took cardboard, I don't know where he got it all from, but he took a bunch of cardboard and he made a maze in the basement. And our basement was not all that big, but as a little kid you think, this is ginormous. I remember as a little guy going in there and trying to hide in the maze from my dad. He always found us. How did he always find us? To me, all I saw was cardboard. I mean, that's all, it was way up there. All I saw was cardboard as I tried to hide in this maze. But my dad saw something beyond the cardboard. He was tall, taller than I was. He could look over the cardboard and say, oh, there he is right over there. You see, and God sees beyond what we see. God can see the end from the beginning. You ever been on an airplane? Many times I've left on an airplane and it's foggy and raining. and You get up and up and up and eventually you're above the clouds. And what do you see? You see the blue sky. You see the beautiful sun. You see, God's perspective is so different than our perspective. And we need to get our eyes and keep our eyes on God. God's message, God has given us a job to do, and that is communicate the gospel to a lost world. Heaven's perfect, and we're not. We're going to go out today and tell people that Jesus died on Calvary's cross. Why? He died in our place He died to pay our sin penalty. And if we just place our faith and trust in what He did for us on the cross, we can have everlasting life. That's the message of God. When we believe God's message, His message gives us eternal life. When we believe God's message, found in all of the Gospels and the book of Acts, that we are to do what? We are to be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. When I take this message, you see, yeah, but that's kind of hard for me. You know what's hard for everybody? It's hard for everybody to confront somebody and to say, hey, if you were to die today, do you know for sure your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven? And then it gets harder because sometimes they say, well, no. And now I have to figure out how I'm going to, look, we make it harder than it is sometimes. I have to figure out how I'm going to get them through the gospel and ask them at the end, will you pray and trust Christ as Savior But listen, if I believe that God says, I am supposed to do this. If I believe the message, it is the gospel that's the power of God unto salvation. It's not you or me. It's the word of God. Jeremiah 23 and verse 29, the Bible says, Is not my word like as a fire saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. The word of God will do its work. In Acts chapter number 12, James was killed. Peter, they took and put him in prison. Humanly speaking, Peter's going to die for being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. What happens? God sends an angel that wakes him and delivers him. You see, God is able. I think concerning Nineveh, we read the book of Jonah. You know what happened in Nineveh? Revival. When Jonah finally got there, to communicate the message. Hey, the people of Nineveh were, were bad people. I mean, if, if, if humanly you would think, well, nobody, if, if humanly you took a group and said, this group's not going to be saved, that would be the group. You say, I don't think, I think they're just too hard. And they weren't too hard for the word of God. You see, God's word is able to make a difference. Look at Luke chapter number five real quick. And then we'll go back to Joshua 6. Luke chapter number 5. This transitions us to our second thought here. Luke chapter number 5. Peter and the disciples were out fishing. The Bible says they didn't really catch anything. They were trained fishermen. They didn't catch anything. And they come back. Verse 2 of Luke 5. And saw two ships standing by the lake. The fishermen were going out of them. They're washing their nets. And he, Jesus, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and said, hey, can you thrust this out a little? And he sat there and taught people. When he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a draw. Simon answering said, hey, we've toiled all night. We've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Peter made a decision in Luke chapter number 5 to believe the message, the word of God, which was contrary to his feeling, which was contrary to his human reasoning when he said, Jesus, we've been out all night, and there's nothing biting tonight. And Jesus said, go, and he said, at your word, I'm going to believe your word, And not my feelings or the circumstances that I find myself in right now. And what did God do? Oh, the scripture says they had a great, big, huge, verse 6. And when they had done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke So much so that Peter said, Lord, depart from me. I am a sinful man. I should have believed your word. The word of God. The walls came down in Jericho because Joshua believed when God said, See, I have given you this city. He didn't say, Lord, are we looking at the same thing here? I I don't see it. Joshua said, you've given it, and we are going to proceed because I believe your word. I want you to see secondly, we're going back to Joshua chapter number 6. And I want us to see, and by the way, it is important for us, sometimes we have to simply just believe the Word of God. Our feelings don't feel like what God says in His Word is true, and I have to say, God, I believe truth. Help thou mine unbelief. Secondly, as we look at this passage of Scripture, walls come down not only when we believe God's message, but when we follow God's methods. Interesting instructions that God gives this army. Quite frankly, probably some of the strangest set of orders given to any army. Look at what the scripture says in verse number 3. And ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once, Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. Now you look at this. By the way, Joshua calls the priests, verse 6 together. He says, take up the Ark of the Covenant. Let the seven priests bear the seven trumpets before the Ark of the Lord. And he gives instructions to the people in verse 7 all the way up to really verse number uh, 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 11. So God says to Joshua, you tell the priests that they're to do this, and here's the order, and you tell people they're all just going to walk around the walls, and that's what they're going to do. By the way, I, I don't know how um, verse number 10 took place, but it did. Here, here's what the Bible says. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Huh. I wonder if there were junior high... Boys there. Neither, or girls. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Some people have a hard time. Uh Uh-huh. They have a hard time not talking to other people. Ladies, I guess it's 15,000 words a day. Is that what it is? To men's 5,000 words a day. Maybe it was just all men. Maybe I don't know. But, but to not make a noise, I mean, to not, you know, to not whistle. How many whistlers do we have here? You whistle? All right, yeah, people whistle around. How many? We don't have any talk to themselves people, do we, around here? Oh, We got a whole bunch. Do y'all answer yourselves too? I mean, <laughs> well, we got some talker. <laughs> Absolutely quiet when you walk around this wall. Now it's interesting, I I like to put my imagination in here. I mean, you're looking at a a number of people, and we don't read where they're going, huh, this is kind of crazy, this doesn't make sense. You see, we like for everything to make sense. By the way, life and everything in life won't make sense to us. That's because he's God and we're not. And I think it's important, by the way, that as as kids get older, we give them a little more of maybe the reason why and not just knuckle down and say, because I said so. But the reality is our obedience to God shouldn't be contingent upon a why. It shouldn't be contingent upon God. You tell me what all you're doing and then I will obey. That's not obedience. We tell young people, obedience is what? Do what I say right away with a smile, right? You've got to have a happy heart. And you know what? Young people don't understand all the ins and outs. I, I've, I've, I've seen parents try to explain things to children. And they're like, huh? Because if you put your finger in the socket, it's going to electrical volts. And electrical volts can go through your thing and be eh, huh? You know, the reality is we all need to have an attitude of obedience to God. And what God asks them to do, we don't find them arguing with him. One commentator said this, natural reason would question the intelligence of these orders. How in the world are the walls of Jericho going to fall down just by marching around them and finally blowing a blast on the trumpets and shouting? It all looked very foolish to human reasoning. Who ever heard of a powerful fortress being completely demolished in response to a company of people walking around it? Commands and precepts of God often appear strange unto carnal wisdom. Boy, we see illustrations in the Word of God, don't we? Of instructions that were given that didn't make human sense. Jesus told the disciples in Luke chapter number 9. He's teaching the multitudes, and he's out, and he's been teaching them all day, and he recognizes that everybody's hungry, and he he says to them, Hey, feed this crowd. They're like, Huh? We got five loaves and two fish. You want to feed this whole crowd? What do you want to do, go and buy all this food? You see, what Jesus asked them to do didn't make human sense. But when he got the loaves and the fish, we know it, he prayed and he gave thanks and he broke it and he multiplied that which was given to him. And we think about, there's many, many illustrations we could look at in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, look at 2 Kings chapter 5 real quick. 2 Kings chapter number 5. Naaman, the 2 um, Kings. Let me find that 1st trying to do two things at once here. 2 Kings, there it is. You ever, you, ever, you ever feel like sometimes chapters just disappear? I was like, where's 2 Kings? i got to find this. Hurry up, find this. 2 Kings. Naaman was a captain of the host of Syria. Verse 1 of 2 Kings 5. And the Bible says at the end of verse 1, he was a leper. There was a servant girl that got word to him that if he uh, got to to Elisha, he would be healed. The Bible says in verse 9, Naaman came with his horses and his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Naaman was wroth. He went away and said, I thought he's going to come out and stand on the name of the God and do some miracle. He mentions two other rivers in verse number 12 that are cleaner. His servants have to make sense to him. They have to say, verse 13, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? All he's asking you to do now is wash and be clean. it didn't make sense to him. The instructions didn't make sense to him. Thank God he had some servants that said, hey, it doesn't have to make sense. Go dip in the Jordan. And he found himself cleansed. You know, to some people, the gospel doesn't make sense. Jesus came and died. He did all the work. I don't have to work myself to heaven. No, not at all. All I have to do is place my faith in his work. He said it is finished. And to some, they think there has to be more than that. God made it simple. And I tell you this, obedience, following instructions, is really key. We find in chapter 7 of Joshua, good old Achan, Joshua gave instructions and God said to them, hey, don't take anything, it's all to be dedicated to me, verse 18 of chapter 6. In, in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Verse 19 of Joshua 6, The silver and the gold are consecrated to the Lord. Chapter 7 and verse number 1, Achan took of the accursed thing, and God's hand of blessing was removed until Achan and his sin was dealt with. God's instructions are really important. So many people live hard lives. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. They live hard lives. Sometimes Christians live hard, difficult lives because they're trying to do what they want to do, and God's word says that will not satisfy you. If we follow what God says... God will bless, and we will see walls come down. Walls come down when we believe God's message, when we follow God's method. Lastly, let me give you this when we rest in God's might. Look at Joshua 6, verse number 12, and you know the story. Joshua rose early in the morning, the priest took the ark of the Lord. The seven priests, verse 13, bearing seven trumpets before the ark of the Lord, went on continually, blew with the trumpets. The men went before him. They did what God wanted them to do. The second day they came past the city, verse 15, came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and camped past the city after the same manner seven times, only on that day they camped past the city seven times. Came to pass on the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout. For the Lord hath given you this city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein except for Rahab. Verse twenty. So the priests shouted, when the, so the people shouted, when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him as they took the city. What a miracle! It fell down flat. I have to think that the ground had to open up and the wall had to go into the ground so that they could walk right into Jericho and defeat the enemy. Sometimes I think we have this picture that the walls fell and Here they are, all climbing over the walls. I'm not sure that picture, you know, the old flannel graph. Any you remember flannel graph? You know, I'm not sure that flannel graph was the most accurate. If God's able, by the way, to have the walls to go down, God's able to get, open it up and have the walls... Go in. A miraculous work of God. But notice the people shouted before they saw anything happen. Imagine what they must have been thinking they would see on the other side of the wall. I mean, it's amazing they went straight in. Let me remind us this God doesn't ask us to do the impossible, He asks us to trust Him to do the impossible through us. You see, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is able. There are two passages of Scripture that I was going to take us to, and I'm going to take us to one. You can write down the other. One is 2 Chronicles 20. Write that down. you look at it later. I want us to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter number 14. 2 Chronicles chapter number 14. In both of these stories, God's people are facing an enemy that is bigger than they are. Jehoshaphat is found in Second Chronicles 20. In 2 Chronicles 14, I read this this morning in my devotions. I thought, man, this is great. This just happens to fit right in with the sermon. They're faced with a nation that's bigger than they are. Verse 9 of Second Chronicles 14. And there came out against them Zareph the Ethiopian with a host of a 1,300 chariots and came unto Mereshah. Then Asa, this one's Asa, the other one was Josaphat, went out against him and they set the battle in array. And Asa, verse 11, cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we... Rest, we are dependent upon thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. Verse 12, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. You see that, by the way, you see God's delivering hand all throughout the word of God. God's able to do whatever. They were outnumbered. But in their being outnumbered, they cried unto God. And they say, God, we rest on thee. We're depending not on our own might or on our own strength, but our dependence is in your ability to deliver us, your people. And God is still able to deliver every one of us from the walls that we find ourselves in front of on a regular basis. God is able as a church to use us all if we'll unite together and believe him to reach this community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. To make a difference, to impact. He has to do the saving. We just need to be the witness. And he'll take truth by the power of his spirit. And he'll use you and I to see people saved. This is a tremendous story in the word of God. We learned as a kid. We think, wow, what an amazing thing. But it happened because God's people believed him. God said he's going to give us a city. I believe in God. Said, "Do it this way." I'm going to do it. I'm going to rest in God's ability to do what God has promised. Do you know God's timetable is different than our timetable? Yeah. We don't see any of these individuals thinking, I-, "I probably would have been like this." Well, listen, we're going to go around once a day, six days, seven, thirteen. Let's just let's just kind of go around thirteen times and get it over with. You know what I'm saying? God's timing was different than their timing. Imagine the conversations they must have, uh, they can't have any conversations, what they must have been thinking about as they're walking around these walls. I think it would be been hard for me to not say anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> Halfway around, say, hey, did you see that? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But in God's timing, God showed himself strong, and he'll do the same thing for us if we'll believe him, no matter what. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for this story. Thank you for a host of people that followed Joshua's leadership, who followed you, and an amazing victory that came to your people. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we first of all think concerning the walls that we face as individuals, maybe that our families face, Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church as we think concerning the challenges that we face. Lord, you are able to break down the walls if we'll believe your message, if we'll follow your method, and if we'll rest in your might and what you're able to do. Now, Lord, would you work in this time as we give people opportunity to do business with you. Again, Lord, I pray if there's someone here today that doesn't know for sure they're on their way to heaven, would today be the day they trust you as Savior? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I wonder this morning, did the Spirit of God take truth and show you a need in your life? You're here as a Christian. You see, Pastor, I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven, but God's working in my heart. Maybe it's just in believing him. Maybe it's in obeying him. Maybe it's resting in him. Whatever it is, you see, Pastor, would you pray for me? God's working in my heart. Can I see your hand across the auditorium, Pastor? Pray for me. Put it up, put it down. Amen. Praise the Lord. God's working. You're here this morning. You see, Pastor, you're talking about knowing for sure you're on your way to heaven. You this morning, you see, Pastor, I can't say I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm burdened about it. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there someone like that? You slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure my sins are forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Would you pray for me? I'm burdened about it. Anybody like that? Would you stand with me, please, with your heads bowed and eyes closed? In just a minute, I'm going to pray for these that raise their hand. If you're visiting with us, i like to explain to people what we try to do now. Before the hustle and bustle of life, we give people an opportunity to talk to the Lord. And Many raised their hand this morning and I want to give them an opportunity to talk to God. I encourage people to find a quiet place down front. If you're physically unable, grab a seat right where you are. Let's do business with God. If there's somebody here you don't know, you're on your way to heaven. You'll meet me down front. We'll take somebody to get a Bible and show you how you can know. Lord, I ask now that you would do what only you can do. Draw people to yourself. Work in these that raise their hands. Lord, would you be glorified in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You raised your hand, the piano plays. I invite you to come and do business with God.